Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Five months have passed since Hamas brutally attacked Israel, launching a vicious war for Israel's very survival. As Israel fights for her existence, so many people around the world, even in America, Israel's greatest ally, have turned their backs on the Israeli people right when they need friends the most. Friends like us. The International Fellowship of Christians and Jews is on the ground in Israel, delivering critically needed emergency supplies to those suffering right now. There is an immediate need for essentials like food, medicine, and emergency supplies for hundreds of thousands of suffering Jews. Many cannot return to their homes because of rocket fire in the north from Hezbollah. Israel is in desperate need, and that's why I'm partnering with the fellowship today. Every donation is urgently needed. To give to IFCJ, visit supportifcj.org. That's one word supportifcj.org your gift will be matched to double in impact and help provide twice the support supportifcj.org god bless and thank you the january 6 footage why you shouldn't be surprised we're going to talk to darren Beatty about that we're going to talk about communism with james Lindsay, national divorce with dave reboy gonna be a spicy show coming up on i'm right Mother Teresa. Let's talk about Mother Teresa for a moment. No, I'm not going to go into Mother Teresa's background, but you, you've heard of Mother Teresa. Let me ask you something. If Mother Teresa came inside your room right now, came inside while you're watching I'm Right on the Jesse, on, uh, right here on the first TV, and Mother Teresa said to you, uh, hey, there is a fresh loaf of bread in the kitchen. Would you believe her? Yes, you would. If Mother Teresa came to you and said, hey, there is a public park in your area. If you go look at this park bench, I left a $100 bill in there for you. Would you believe her? Of course you would. Why? Because Mother Teresa had a lifetime of telling the truth, of caring for people and telling the truth. So when Mother Teresa came to you and said something to you about anything, you would automatically, because of who she is, assign some level of truth to it. You would believe Mother Teresa. Okay, now let's, let's set Mother Teresa aside for a moment. Who's the biggest liar in history? Just picture anybody in your mind. You know what? Forget about that. Let's personalize it more. I want you to picture somebody who's been arrested 10 times for stealing things that aren't his. 10 times. Either he was shoplifting, breaking into cars, stealing things out of it breaking into homes, stealing jewels and money, stealing things. 
And that guy asked you if he could see your wallet for a minute. Would you do it? No, of course you wouldn't. You wouldn't because you're not a sucker and a chump, and you wouldn't want things stolen from you. We have to talk about the system for a moment as we get into this January 6th stuff. We have to talk about the media, the government, and all the different parts of the system, and we have to talk about the mentality failure we still currently struggle with on the right. It's why we lose the narrative on so many issues. It is our, it's our failure, our mentality failure, and this is what I mean. When there is a big story that comes out of any kind, pick your big story, doesn't matter what it is, whether it's COVID, George Floyd, January 6th, no matter what, and you see the system get out there and with one voice push one narrative. If you have not developed a mentality to assume that they are telling you outright lies with the hostile intention of getting you, then you're not going to make it. Then you're going to miss over and over and over again. We'll get into the Tucker stuff here and the January 6th stuff in a moment. But why do we get things right initially so often on this show, I'm right, and so many other politicians and pundits on the right get things wrong forever, and then eventually they come around to the right thing. Why do we get things right and they get things wrong? Is it because I'm intelligent? No, I'm an idiot. I'm dumber than all those people. Why do we get things right all the time? Because I automatically know when the system is selling me some narrative, I know that I'm dealing with a hostile actor. I'm not dealing with someone who's biased or liberal or left-leaning. I am dealing with a hostile entity who wakes up every single day and endeavors to destroy me and everything I care about. Therefore, if they're all telling me something, I know they're telling me something with nefarious intentions towards me. I know it's a lie, and I know whatever they're telling me, probably the opposite is true. I have taken this approach on every media story for the last five, six years at least, and somehow I end up correct every single time. Most of the right, and I'm not talking about the communists, most of the right, the politicians and pundits on the right, they will initially believe the media story. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, sounds good. And then once it's too late, once the narrative's already been formed and the, the, the true information finally comes out, they come around and say, we've been lied to. This was an outrage. After it's too late, it drives me insane every single time. How can we still be so weak and pathetic and stupid on this side? Look, right now, Tucker Carlson is busy rolling out the January 6th footage that was given to him by Kevin McCarthy. And we're all going to, I'm going to show you a couple clips here in a minute, and we're all going to look at all the new clips every single day because it's video footage we haven't been allowed to see, and we're going to express outrage because we're going to all of a sudden realize everything the system was telling us was a lie. But why are you all of a sudden outraged? I didn't have to see any of these new clips to know that I was being lied to. I didn't need any of that. I knew I was being lied to. And more importantly, I knew why I was being lied to. I was being lied to about the true events of January 6th because the federal government, most definitely the Democratic Party, in collusion with the media, I know that they want to destroy everything I love and care about, and I knew that they were using January 6th and artificially inflating it in order to justify sending the Cheka, also known as the FBI, against their political opponents to arrest, silence, and intimidate them. I knew that from the very beginning. If you didn't, that doesn't mean you're dumb. It means you need a mentality change. Officer Sicknick. Um, well, listen to Tucker from last night about Officer Sicknick. Media accounts describe Sicknick as someone who was, quote, slain on January 6th. The video we reviewed proves that is a lie. Here is surveillance footage of Sicknick walking in the Capitol after he was supposedly murdered by the mob outside. By all appearances, Sicknick is healthy and vigorous. He's wearing a helmet, so it's hard to imagine he was killed by a head injury. 
Whatever happened to Brian Sicknick was very obviously not the result of violence he suffered at the entrance to the Capitol. And today, everyone's out there pointing out these media clips, uh, all these clips of the media saying oh, Sicknick was murdered. Officer Sicknick, who was, uh, you know, uh, uh, killed, murdered there by the mob. The murder of Officer Brian Sicknick by Trump supporters. These Republicans, uh, they really don't care what the facts are. They don't care about the cop killers. The MAGA mob attacked Officer Brian Sicknick and he died. The flags at the U.S. Capitol are at half staff this morning for the police officer Brian Sicknick, who was murdered this week. But they are not at half staff at the White House. Perhaps because Officer Sicknick was the enemy of the terrorist mob. And the mob loves Trump. Officer Sicknick was the one officer who was uh, beaten to death. Or Brian Sicknick, who passed away on Wednesday, uh, beaten, murdered here at the hands of these individuals, these insurrectionists here. I didn't need the new video to tell me that Brian Sicknick wasn't murdered by the mob. You see, I knew Brian Sicknick wasn't murdered by the mob. The second the system told me Brian Sicknick was murdered by the mob, because I understand what they want. I understand who they are. I understand the American media and much of our government is in fact the enemy of the United States of America. And maybe that sounds extreme or too harsh for you. Maybe that sounds too far. And if, if you're sitting there squirming right now, I want, I want you to know I understand that. I understand that. But that is part of the reason why we don't get things right every single time, why we get things wrong so much of the time. We get things wrong because we don't, we don't want to believe what's right in front of our eyes. Because the acknowledgement that we're not dealing with bias or something like that, that we're actually dealing with the enemy, that acknowledgement comes with such a difficult realization about where we actually are as a nation. I understand the hesitation. But we can hesitate no longer. We will continue to get issue after issue after issue wrong initially. And then Johnny come lately, when it's far too late to do any good, we will finally come around to the correct side of an issue. This will continue happening over and over and over and over and over again in this country until we wake up and grow up and we realize what we're dealing with. We're not dealing with people who are just a little left, liberal, this is biased, guys. Or, or the, fame, the famed accusation of the right. What hypocrites? You're not dealing with hypocrites. You're dealing with people who believe that you should be arrested for what you believe. You see, it really doesn't matter what the January 6th protesters did or didn't do. It doesn't matter in the eyes of the communists. You think it matters because you believe in the rule of law. But the communist does not believe in the rule of law. The communist believes in arresting and oftentimes murdering his political opponents. And that's really all this was about. It was an excuse to send the Cheka to do what they've wanted the Cheka to do for the longest time. Attack their political opponents. And I am proud to say here on I'm Right... We've been speaking up for the political prisoners here in America for a long, long time now. We didn't just get to it five minutes ago like the rest of the right. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. Darren Beatty is going to join us next. He's been all over this stuff for a long time, to his credit, and we'll discuss that with him. Now, let's talk about the timeshare you're stuck in. Speaking of understanding, understanding what you're dealing with here. These timeshare companies, I know how they intimidate you when you want out of your timeshare. I know they pull up the contract, and I know what they do. I know you probably have an email to this effect. I know because you forwarded me the emails. I know they send you in the email. No, 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 you can't get out of your timeshare. No, no, look, look, check paragraph 19 on page 106. You're in it for life. You're not. Lone Star Transfer caught on to this scam a long time ago, and since then, this family company has helped over 18,000 people legally and permanently get out of their timeshare. You're not stuck. You're one phone call away from freedom. Unless you don't have a phone, you're not stuck. Or you can just go to LoneStarTransfer.com. Until then, call 844-310-2646. They get you out. They guarantee it. They'll even give you a time frame, a specific one. 844-310-2646. Call Lone Star Transfer. Get out of that timeshare. We'll be back.
Well, the January 6th stuff is obviously all over the place. It is nice to talk to some people who aren't Johnny-come-lately on the issue. Joining me now, Darren Beatty, Revolver News journalist who's been telling you things like this for a long time. Darren, the media sure seems to be shocked that there are some clips that they haven't been privy to before. Why are they shocked? You've been talking about it. Shoot, I've been talking about the things you've been talking about for, what, two years now? Yes, well, January 6th touches a very sensitive nerve when it comes to the regime and the regime media. I remember when Revolver News first started reporting on this years ago, the reaction was extreme. The reaction was of the sort that we hadn't really seen since the media melting down over you know, the early stages of the Trump campaign. Um, and there's a reason it's such a nerve, and that reason is that it was not an insurrection, as the media has told us. It was a Fed surrection. And I think the latest footage that we've seen coming from uh, Tucker Carlson uh, reinforces this fact along a number of different dimensions. We've seen footage yet again of people not being destructive, not vandalizing. Sure, there are a few of those cases, but overwhelmingly, People went into the Capitol, treated it with the appropriate degree of respect. Secondly, we've seen clips of Brian Sicknick. Now, why is this relevant? Well, Brian Sicknick, the lies surrounding Officer Sicknick's death, he was a Capitol Police officer who died uh, uh, days after January 6th, the circumstances surrounding his death were really the first major lie, the prelude to the lies of the Fed surrection. Revolver News, again, our first piece on January 6th ever was very um, uh, provocatively titled MAGA blood libel, because that's exactly what it was. Originally, the story was this police officer, capital peace officer, was beaten to death, bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher. That was a complete lie, a malicious lie, a blood libel. We showed that this couldn't be the case. New York Times changed the story and said the MAGA mob killed them with bear spray. Revolver News did a very detailed and intricate comparative image analysis, completely refuting the story from the New York Times, which finally, in disgrace, but quietly, because it's how it always happens when they correct themselves, admitted he died of natural causes, but not without the damage being done. At that point, Every single corrupt elected official, including Biden, who is corrupt, it's arguable whether elected, but corrupt elected official like Biden reproduced this smear and the blood libel attributing deadly violence to the MAGA mob. And thirdly, we saw footage of Ray Epps to cover the third and perhaps most explosive dimension of the Fed surrection lie. And that is where the Fed part comes in. Namely, that had it not been for a handful of key and critical actors on January 6th, Ray Epps being not the only, but perhaps the most infamous one of these, the rally would not have turned into a riot. The rally would not have turned into a riot. And people like Epps and a handful of others who fit this category are being vigorously protected by the very people who've appointed themselves as the directors of the January 6th witch hunt. Adam Kinsinger, to take an example, a man who has never seen a Trump supporter that he didn't want to see rotting away in prison for at least 50 years, inexplicably comes to Ray Epps's defense in numerous contexts, including the interrogation of Epps in which Kinsinger bends over backwards to offer the most implausibly charitable interpretation of lie after lie after lie after lie presented to the committee by Ray Epps. They don't call him out on it. They take him at his word because they know their job is to protect him why the individual who's the only person on camera caught as early as January 5th telling people to go into the Capitol, who's there everywhere on January 6th, following through on this stated mission, which he himself in a text message to his nephew acknowledges that he orchestrated it. 
quote, end quote, who's there right at the initial breach site, pre-positioned, whispering into someone's ear seconds before that initial and decisive breach of the Western perimeter happened, whose actions were so egregious that he was one of the first 20 people on the FBI most wanted list. Why this individual, who incidentally was the former president of the Arizona chapter of the Oath Keepers, the most demonized and heavily prosecuted militia group associated with January 6th, why this person of all January 6th participants should curiously become the only January 6th rioter or participant about whom the New York Times writes a fully dedicated puff piece and for whom... Adam Kinsinger will come to an enthusiastic defense. The question lends itself to no innocent explanation, which is why I've said before, and I'll say again, Ray Epps is the smoking gun of the Fed's erection. The other smoking gun being the pipe bomb scenario. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I'll tell you, I still can't believe the system would make such a mistake as to not just fake arrest the guy and give him six months and pay him off afterwards. It just makes it so obvious. It does prove to you at least that we're dealing with evil people, but not smart people. Darren Beatty, go read his stuff at Revolver. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. All right. James Lindsay is going to join us next. We're going to talk a lot about the mentality. Why did so many politicians and pundits on the right, not the left, on the right, why did so many of them get the January 6th narrative wrong and frankly contribute to the false January 6th narrative? Why do we continue to do this? We'll ask James Lindsay about that in a moment. But first, let me ask you something. Would you like your dog to have a longer life, a healthier life? You know the emails I get from veterinarians? I had one email from one veterinarian who has 15 dogs. I still don't understand how you can even afford to feed 15 dogs, but 15 dogs told me he's been giving all of them rough greens for years. He credits it with saving dogs' lives. It's natural vitamins, minerals, natural vitamins and minerals. Fixed my dog's digestive issues. You got a lethargic dog or a hyperactive dog? Got a dog whose coat's getting dull? Got a dog whose joints are getting a little achy? That's because your dog doesn't have nutrition. There's no, dog food is dead food. There's no nutrition in it. Rough Greens is the nutrition. Pour it on your dog's food. Watch yourself have a happier and healthier puppy. Go to roughgreens.com slash jesse for a free jumpstart trial bag. Roughgreens.com slash jesse. We'll be back. I just want to make sure I'm spending a little time today giving credit where credit is due because it really drives me insane how many people, how many people who are up against these communists supposedly go along with them for the longest time and then eventually when they can't, can't deny the truth anymore they'll step up and act like some freedom fighter. James Lindsay is not one of these. He knows communism, he knows what these people are and I just want to point out on 428 on January 6th, 2021, quote, I know you hate when I do this, but I'll give you the unvarnished truth. You don't know what's happening at the Capitol. You're scared. You don't know. You're making chaotic noise on, on the social because it's where we pray these days. And we're scared and don't know things. James Lindsay was out there while things were happening saying, hold up. Don't believe what you see. He's the author of The Marxification of Education. And gosh, is that a book you need to read, especially if you're a daggone parent. James. Why were you doing that on January 6th? It was so easy to just whip up this narrative, oh my gosh, America's ending, insurrection, and yet you didn't. Why? Well, Jesse, it's, uh, as you know, um, I spend all of my precious free time in my life reading communists, and therefore I know their mind, and therefore I know their games. There is a book that you maybe have heard of and maybe haven't heard of. Every American that gives a crap about this issue needs to know about it. It's called Beautiful Trouble. 
Beautiful Trouble is the update to Rules for Radicals. It's available online for free, and they tell you very explicitly how to craft a media narrative around a provocation so that you can move a narrative agenda. Uh, so you should know that. So you know that they set up these narrative agendas, and they use media provocations, and they selectively edit and clip and, and share those things to push their agendas. Simultaneously, I had the good pleasure of reading a fantastic postmodern philosopher by the name of John. Baudrillard, who in the early 1990s, right after the Gulf War, wrote a book called The Gulf War Did Not Take Place. This is a provocative statement, to say the least, typical of French postmodernists who are also Marxists. And what does it mean? He doesn't mean that nothing happened in the Persian Gulf. What he means is that CNN crafted a narrative, the television crafted a narrative, the Bush administration crafted a narrative, and while things happened in the Gulf, what we were presented as an American people is not at all what happened in the Gulf. So the thing we call the Gulf War did not take place. He said it's an atrocity masquerading as a war used to push a political agenda. And I saw this thing unfolding at the Capitol. I knew that we were getting selective amounts of information. I knew that they were trying to subterfuge and destroy Donald Trump. And I knew that what we were seeing was not indicative of what was really happening. And as you often advise people, maybe you should chill out for 48 hours before you make your take. Maybe you should see some more information come out before you stick your foot in the bear trap. But that's, of course, not what happens. So that's how I knew that something fishy was going on. I read communists. James, okay, I don't expect people to be as educated as you on communists in the way they think, although I'm glad you are. But I need you to explain this to me. Set the communists aside. You ask the average American citizen, not even left, right, Republican, Democrat, I don't give a crap. You go out on the sidewalk right now and ask 10 people, does the media lie? Nine out of 10 will say yes, maybe 10 out of 10. They know the media lies. They understand the media lies, yet they believe it. Time after time after time, when they are sold a narrative, they will at least initially, during the most critical phase, buy into it. You see this on the right all the time. And then they wake up one day and say, wow, I was lied to. You knew you were dealing with a liar, yet you didn't think you were being lied to this time. James, make that connection for me, because, brother, I can't make that connection at all. Well, I tell people all the time, they ask me what my biggest piece of advice is, and it's turn off your television. Stop listening. Something's happening. You want information. You're getting lied to, but at least you're getting a drip feed of information. It might be on social media too. You're getting fed partial information, wrong takes. Everybody has to be first. Everybody has to have their thing. Everybody has to have their say. And they're desperate to kind of piece together what's happening. And luckily we're building a slightly better reflex. You look at the January 6th, before that you look at the thing with George Floyd, after that you look at the Ukraine thing. And you see that the amount of time it takes for people to realize they're getting schnookered is, is shrinking, but it's not shrinking fast enough. It should really be at this point, especially people leaning to the right or all the way on the right, should immediately say whatever the media is telling me might actually be bogus. Maybe I should slow down and, and try to figure out more of what's going on and how the narrative they're presenting might be used against me. But people are desperate. It's like I said, social media is where we go to pray. These days when we're stressed out, we speak out into the universe on the social media. Oh, please let there be, you know, some, you know, bountiful harvest. Let there, let the, these calamities pass us by. Whatever it happens to be, we pray on social media, um, you know, not in, not in private to our father who art in heaven, the whole thing, you know, Jesus said, we don't do that. We put it on social media instead. And we're trying to absolve ourselves of our stress. We buy into the media. Everybody's doing it. So you have to go along. You don't want to be the guy. I got bombarded for that. I got, if you, you know, you put the tweets that I put, you should see the replies. You should see how people treated me for that. I got yelled at physically in person uh, for things like that, uh, for saying that not very long afterwards, for saying, maybe you should slow down and think the media is a liar. Everybody wants to go along with the herd, and that herd mentality is actually something that whether if we we can't set the communists aside, they understand it, and they manipulate it, and they use it against us. Maybe that is going to explain my next question, or at least in part, but I get this question a lot. I actually got this. I read it last night on my show, James. I got an email from somebody. He couldn't quite make sense of why parents are taking their children to drag shows. All right, it's easy to trash the left or trash the drag performer, but 
There are parents, moms and dads, taking their little child into that. And I saw this video yesterday of a father bragging about what he's doing to his three-year-old. Well, here it is. She started letting us know that um, she was transgender really um, before she could even speak. She would do things like wear her sister's clothes, um, pretend that towels were her long hair. And when she was about three years old, um, she started to withdraw and become depressed. So we started doing some research. We um, talked to her pediatrician. Basically, at about 24 months here, here's where she started grabbing the, um, the tutus and the dresses. My daughter will never go through male puberty. James, I, I have a lot of very unkind things to say about those parents, but that's actually not my question. My question is why I actually do believe deep down those parents love their son. I do, I do believe they do. As they sign him up for a life of misery and shame, they do love their son. So why would you sign him up to a life of misery and shame? Well, I'll bring a little levity before I explain this, which is when I was, I, I, maybe I wish this guy was my dad. We would have a completely different world because when I was three and four years old, I often wore a towel, not as long hair, but as a cape. And I could have been transformed into Superman. And then I could fly around and save the world from the communists. But unfortunately, yes. there was no Superman affirming care when I was three and four years old. And I wasn't able to be transformed into something I can never possibly be just because I wore a towel as a toddler. But um, what's happening is a, a number of things at once. I think we're seeing in a lot of these kinds of parents, we're seeing the boogeyman that was kind of erected back in the 1990s of the, the, the dad, the evil angry dad who is going to disown his gay kids. And there's a massive overcompensation. I will never be that parent. I will affirm, I will accept, I will celebrate, I will participate in whatever it has to be. Anything to not be that caricature of the evil, socially conservative, anti-gay, homophobic father who would disown his kid, which was just this horror story that was sold to us again and again and again in the 90s. And even more than that, um, unfortunately, and I like to lay blame where blame goes, John Stewart actually reified this. These guys don't look like they're millennial. Maybe they're geriatric millennials or something, but the entire millennial generation and a lot of people around them, I'm Gen X, I got it, uh, were, were brainwashed by Jon Stewart into believing that anything that looks like a conservative opinion about anything is shameful to hold. He used comedy to humiliate and ridicule the idea of holding a single conservative position or any position that somebody like Jon Stewart or somebody in the media would code as conservative. And that set up a cult mentality to avoid conservatism so strongly that you'll drag your children to drag shows, that you'll gender affirming care a three-year-old because of what they did with a towel. Uh, it, it, it's tragic, but what we see is a cult mentality having been spawned in, a, in a, virtually everybody who's afraid to be coded as conservative, not even just the left, everybody who's afraid to be coded as conservative by somebody else. James Lindsay, he is the one I use to better know my enemy. I suggest you do the same. Go buy his stuff. James, I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, every time, Jesse. All right. We're not done. We still have so much fun to have. You want to talk about national divorce? That'll be fun. I'm kidding, and we're just going to touch on it briefly. We'll talk more on January 6th. We have to make fun of Kamala Harris. <laughs> but first, let's talk about, well, Superman. He doesn't actually exist, but we do have heroes. And we do owe them our thanks, right? When I talk about Bone Frog Coffee, I want to be clear about something. Founded by a seal, it's the best coffee I've ever had in my entire life. Remember Seattle's Best Coffee? Yeah, one of their founders, they work with Bone Frog on their coffee blends. That's why the coffee's so good. But actually, that doesn't even matter. I'll be honest with you. This is just you and me talking. I would buy Bone Frog Coffee if it was crappy coffee. 10% of the proceeds go to several Navy SEAL foundations. The bone frog itself is a symbol of the SEALs who've given it all. And these, you know, these SEALs, they go over there and they do these things and they die and families are left behind. I drink bone frog coffee as a way to honor heroes. That's what I do. They have 10% off subscriptions. You get a subscription. I know you drink the same amount of coffee every day. I do, two cups a day. Get a subscription then you save 10% and your money goes to a good cause and great coffee. Go to bonefrogcoffee.com, 
Promo code JESSE is how you save 10% on the subscription. Bonefrogcoffee.com, promo code JESSE. We'll be back. A late-stage republic. What does that mean? I talk about it a lot. A lot of people talk about it a lot. You know where I first heard the term? My buddy, somebody I rely on for a lot of wisdom, Dave Reboy, he's got a substack called Late Republic Nonsense. Really is somebody who sees where we're going, why we're going there. And look, I just I rely on the guy's wisdom and I have for a long time. So I thought we'd bring him on and talk about it. Dave, okay, late stage republic. What is it? What are you talking about? Well, thanks for having me on. Um, I started writing and chronicling. I used to be a national security guy, primarily. And uh, several years ago, I just started to think, wait a minute, the most pressing issues that we have are actually domestic. And they have to do with, uh, more than anything, with our disunity. Now, that's not exactly what a late republic is. Um, A late republic could be describing you know, any uh, scenario where, I mean, we, we know, we know it's, it's an old, um, it's an old thing that goes back to, uh, to, to Plato and the philosophers have discussed it, which is the cycle of regimes, which is first, you, you know, you, you, you have a, a founding um, under a, let's say a, a, a kind of strong tyrannical government and then it develops into a democracy or a representative government. And then, of course, as what happens in every case, in all times throughout history, is the people get corrupted. The, uh, the initial f- philosophy or ideas upon which the nation was based, uh, you know, they wither away. People forget about them. They get corrupted. Nobody ends up caring. The, um, the society descends into a decadent place and then you know sort of whatever happens happens and usually what happens is that citizens really don't like the idea of anarchy so when things really fall apart there's going to be another kind of strong authoritarian type um, regime that comes up in the place of this anarchy and the cycle repeats itself over and over so when I talk about late republic or probably when you talk about it we're talking about this decadent time. We're talking about the time where we have forgotten who we are, and even the idea of asking, who are we? Um, what is America? What are what are these things? Um, you know, they're met with a shrug, or even the response from many on the left is they say, well, America is anything. And if America is anything, then it's nothing. And um, and that's really the the kind of situation we find ourselves in. And you know what? It's even worse when you get to a nation like the United States, which is a kind of founded on an ideological premise, a set of beliefs. Well, what happens over time always is that people stop believing those things, the things upon which the nation was founded, and then it just kind of goes on with, um, you know, through inertia. And people kind of go through the motions because that's what people do. They don't talk, think about these things all the time. And um, you get further and further away from, from the nation as founded. And then you start to have problems. And one of the problems in the United States that we have is that you've got two camps of people who pretty much understand what America is and what human nature is in, in completely opposite ways. Okay, well, okay, we got rich, fat, and bored, and too decadent, as you pointed out, and now we're, we're breaking up, breaking down the columns that hold up our society or cracking, there's no question about that, and they appear to be under attack. The question I get so often, Dave, and a great one I put to you is, where do we go from here, and, and when do we go there? Is it going to be some tyrant? Is it going to be a national divorce, which you've been talking about longer than I have? Is it going to be a combination of the two? God forbid, are we going to see some kind of civil war at some point in time? Gosh, that would be the worst thing in the world. Where do you see this going? Well, I mean, it's a good question. I, I think the, the, the real answer is that nobody really knows. Um, I talk about national divorce not because you know a bunch of people are talking about it now, 
and who have who have been uh, uh, let's say you know we've been discussing this for for a lot longer than than they have <laughs> and uh, they seem to think that it's a serious proposal for like okay what do we do now how do we split the um uh you know how do, how do we split the belongings how do we um how do we figure out the um you know who who gets what and of course i think that's not the right question i think that's the question further further down the line in terms of what happens um, but think about a divorce or a breakup or anything like that. Even leaving a job, what's the first thing that, that what, what's what's the first germ of an idea that has to happen before you go through any of that stuff? Is I'm not happy here. Whether it's a marriage or a relationship or a job or a friendship or anything, you start to think I'm not happy here and it's not going to get better. And I think having the conversation about national divorce sort of forces that question and forces us to snap ourselves out of this, you know, this, this thinking that, that, um, that really we've been on autopilot and, and, um, and my call for national divorce, or at least to have that conversation is, Hey, let's get out of this autopilot because the United States is not going to last forever. Newsflash, nothing lasts forever. This is, you know, this is reality. These are the ways of man. Um, there's, there's nothing that, Everything is. Everything has a has a, a finite uh, uh, time yeah. span associated with it. The only question is how long is it going to be? So if we accept that the United States will cease to exist one day, then we have to say, okay, what are going to be, you know, what are going to be the, the the consequences? What are we going to do? How do we orient our own thinking to uh, to get to the point where? We start to figure out these things. We figure out, okay, what can we do next? You know, you and I have been talking about um, kind of red Americans moving to red states and, and the virtues of being around other people that are like you, or even, even more importantly, that don't hate you, uh, buying from companies that don't hate you. Um, uh, I think a lot of people, you know, we, we know that, you know, the, the Californians never stop telling us that there are more registered Republicans in California than there are, you know, in, in any other state, even though they've got absolutely no power. And that's true. But it really sucks to be surrounded by people who hate you. And the moment you leave, the moment you can go to the supermarket and know that you're not surrounded by people um, who, um, who think that you are you know, some kind of horrible, evil, fascist, Nazi, uh, you know, what have you. There's a part of you that just, there's a part of your psyche that just lifts. You're happier. Um, you, you're more optimistic about the future, and you're more optimistic about your surroundings. I've seen this happen to so many friends who've moved out of D.C. or New York or wherever. They come to Florida or to Texas, and they say, oh, my God, you know, we're going to be okay. Even if the country's not going to be okay, then we're going to be okay. Our little community here. And that's what's important. Gosh, it is. All right, Dave, I, I know we're going a little long, and I apologize for that, but I love hearing you talk about this stuff. So I woke up today, and I saw something, and I immediately thought of you. Xi Jinping, who, I, I, to my recollection, has not done a bunch of this, took a shot, a public shot against us today. Quote, Western countries led by the U.S. have implemented all-around containment, encirclement, and suppression against us, bringing unprecedentedly severe challenges to our country's development. Now, that's a lot of big college boy words, Dave, but those are also stern words for us. Why? Well, I, I think, um, I mean, we, we all know it's kind of like a cliche at this point that the Chinese play the long game. And, uh, and, and yeah. we're kind of hooked on the 24-hour news cycle. Um, but it's nevertheless true. Uh, these guys, if, if you're seeing something come out of official communications from Xi Jinping or from the, 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 the Communist Party in, in China, uh, that means it's a, it's a pretty considered thing. You know, it's, it's, it's um, the equivalent of uh, focus group tested um, in U.S. politics. You know, these guys aren't, as you say, these guys aren't liable to just throw around words and, and, and get into diplomatic snafus. That's, it's, it's a very important thing for them. They don't shoot from the hip. So if he's saying something like that, I think, um, I think that's indicative of 
what could be the start of a uh, of a policy shift on the part of China is to be more openly um, antagonistic towards the U.S. Um, I think their strategy so far has just been, hey, let's make a bunch of billionaires happy in the U.S. through business deals and 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 outsourcing. Uh, number one. Number two is let's make a bunch of politicians like Joe Biden uh, and and Dianne Feinstein and Nancy Pelosi, et cetera, et cetera, very happy uh, through their own business dealings with uh, with the Chinese Communist Party. Um, but you know, it looks like they're going to go through a change of posture. And look, if if I was the Chinese, um, I wouldn't necessarily be betting in favor of the United States. We're, look, we all know we're run by a let's say an a, a, a an old man suffering from um, you know early stages of senility you could even say the middle stages and um, we are in many ways a spent force on the international stage so um, I don't think it's uh, I don't it's never a good thing when you're seeing stuff like this no it's not his substack is late republic nonsense go get all of this you can possibly read Dave I appreciate you my man Thank you. Uh, we uh, we have Dome back in the news. Kamala Harris is out there giving interviews, and that's always a good time. We'll talk about that in a second. Hey, uh, look, what are we going to do? You can't control this. I know you would if you could. I know you would look at this country and just fix it like that. I would. What can you control? Yourself, your family, your personal health. Part of that for me, taking care of me, is I'm trying to eat better, trying to work out more, worked out again today. I take a male vitality stack from Chalk every day. I never miss a day. Ladies, there's a female vitality stack as well. What is it? Well, it's not big pharma crap. It's natural herbal supplements made by the most hardcore anti-communists I know, the boys who run Chalk. 20% increase in your testosterone in 90 days, fellas, without sticking needles in your arm, naturally. You think that sounds like a good idea? You think you'd be a better person with that? Ladies, you're ready to feel good at 2, 3 in the afternoon instead of going for your 10th cup of coffee? And that's not just all they have. They have endless natural herbal supplements, the best. U.S. manufacturing. Go to chalk.com. If you use the promo code JESSE, they're giving you 35% off the subscriptions. Get a subscription so you don't have to worry about reordering it and you save a pile of money. Chalk.com promo code JESSE. We'll be back. What's more entertaining than making fun of Kamala Harris? It's basically a full-time job here on I'm Right. And boy, does she just continue. It's like... It's like she writes the material specifically with us in mind so we can make fun of her. And we'll get to that in a second. Before we get to that, let's get to this really quickly here. I know you, I know you read about the interest rates today. I know you've read all the doom and gloom things about where we're going economically. There's nothing I can do to tell you that that's going to be okay. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be okay. It's not going to be okay. We're, we're heading into a bad place economically. It's going to be rough for a little while. All we can do, all we can do, is prepare. Make sure you have preparations. If the worst happens, and let's hope it doesn't, but if the worst happens and we get some serious, serious collapse of some kind, do you think it would be a good idea to have physical gold and silver coins in your possession so you and your family can still purchase the goods and services you need to, need to survive? That's probably a good idea, right? And now, setting that aside, if we're just talking another stock market beating, well, that matters too. You worked hard for that money. Would, would you like to protect it? Oxford Gold is your one-stop shop for all this. They'll get your 401k IRA protected. They'll get gold and silver to your front door. They will take care of you. I love these. I sent my own father to Oxford Gold. They're just so laid back and easy to work with. Call them. 833-995-GOLD. All right? 833-995-GOLD. Now, somehow we have a vice president who's lived, I believe, 57 years, maybe 58 and is still so devoid of a personality she makes up obvious lies about when she was a child, and they're not even funny lies? 
fact, I'm going to share with you a very simple story, which is that I went home one day and I said, well, what's, why are conservatives bad, Mommy? Because I thought we were supposed to conserve things. <laughs> I couldn't reconcile it. Now I can. <laughs> um, I'll see you tomorrow. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation supports America's greatest heroes, U.S. service members and first responders who die or are catastrophically injured in the line of duty and homeless veterans. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us by the men and women who risked their lives and bodies for our country and our communities. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America with over 80 runs walks and climbs a year and dozens of golf outings and barbecues. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about America's darkest day while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Five months have passed since Hamas brutally attacked Israel, launching a vicious war for Israel's very survival. As Israel fights for her existence, so many people around the world, even in America, Israel's greatest ally, have turned their backs on the Israeli people right when they need friends the most. Friends like us. The International Fellowship of Christians and Jews is on the ground in Israel, delivering critically needed emergency supplies to those suffering right now. There is an immediate need for essentials like food, medicine, and emergency supplies for hundreds of thousands of suffering Jews. Many cannot return to their homes because of rocket fire in the north from Hezbollah. Israel is in desperate need and that's why I'm partnering with the fellowship today. Every donation is urgently needed. To give to IFCJ, visit supportifcj.org. That's one word supportifcj.org. Your gift will be matched to double in impact and help provide twice the support. Supportifcj.org. God bless and thank you.